Delving into Dance with Andrew Westall. Throwing open the curtain on those who have made dance part of their life. Conversations about why they love it, how they do it, and what got them there in the first place. Program notes and links at delvingintodance.com. Welcome to another episode of Delving Into Dance. In this episode, I speak to somebody who was choreographing before they even knew what it was, has been recognised with one of the top honours in Spain, and somebody who's choreographed for pop princess Kylie Minogue. In this episode, I speak to Rafael Bonicella, now the Artistic Director of Sydney Dance Company, located right on Sydney Harbour. Sydney Dance Company is one of Australia's best-known contemporary dance companies. Outside the office window of Rafael Bonicella, you can see the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Rafael's work is often described by critics as being quite sexy, youthful, with strong focus on form and physicality. Rafael is interested in challenging ideas of dance and educating audiences about the different types of contemporary dance out there. The question of how many people love dance and don't yet know it continues to drive Raphael in the search for new audiences. The first question I asked Raph was where did the passion for dance come from? Look, um, it did not have anything to do with my bringing up in terms of my family or, you know, we're talking Spain, 1970s, you know, Franco was like around not that long before. Um, and, you know, my parents were both immigrants in a way within the same country, from the south of Spain to the north, to Barcelona, where there was a lot more opportunities in terms of industry. And so I don't come from a family that were able to in any way um, make me experience the arts. So it really comes from somewhere that I, that just I cannot explain. And that's the absolute truth. So why did I, you know, and not my other three brothers, you know, within the same family and the same bringing up, just loved dancing? And that's something that I don't know if it's in the genes, you know, I don't know if we're already sort of pre-made to, or pre you know, like, I was little, I had never been taken to a dance show or anything like that, I would hear music and I would want to dance, and I would want to move and I would want to express myself in that way. And we're talking about a small town also. Barcelona, you know, I'm from La Garriga. I am not from Barcelona. Mm. So my references happen to come through the TV at a random points, you know, of suddenly seeing people dancing, even in TV programs or, you know, like... And I've said this story before, but this is how it happened. Like the, 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 it was the beginning of the pop videos, you know, Michael Jackson and all of these artists that suddenly had dancing in it. You know, there was fame, you know, that series that actually was really, truly the thing that made me realize that you can actually go to a school <laughs> and people dance and sing. And, you know, so, look, you, you would have, you know, so... My passion for dance was something that I just really, truly felt within me. You know, 
they, no one took me to a dance school to say, you know, there was no dance schools in my town. I didn't have my older sister that danced. You know, there was none of those triggers. Yeah. The trigger really came from within. This need, you know, and I, and I know, and I remember with, you know, the boogie boxes and all of these that I would constantly just dance, put the music and dance. <laughs> and then, you know, bit by bit, I got glimpses of, you know, what putting a dance together was. And that's one of the things that I did as a child. I made dance. I didn't know that was called choreography. And I loved making a dance. I actually remember also, you know, I think now it's in different ways, but there used to be like a, for kids, there would be like a group of kids that sang and danced at the same time. You know, in Spain we have one like of the... Like a pop group. Yeah, like, like a, those, sorts of, those sorts of pop groups. That was boy and girl. It wasn't like the boy band thing scenario now, but yeah. And I would just want to be one of them. You know, <laughs> I wanted to be on TV singing and dancing, you know, and that was just what I loved doing. From dancing to choreography, obviously not all dancers go on to be choreographers. They can't. Yeah. And some try and they're not actually great at transitioning into different art form in many respects or a different mm. skill set. How was that for you? I mean, did you have mentors or...? Look, for me, it's interesting for because the choreography thing was always throughout... Because there was all this that I've just explained to you, but then obviously there was a point where I really understood. You know, once I started taking proper classes at 15, I really understood that there was something great out there in terms of dance. You know, I discovered Maurice Béjar. I started researching and people, you know, in Barcelona gave me videos and VHSs. And by that point, I knew that, you know, it wasn't all about kids singing and dancing. There was something greater out there. I saw more documentaries about classical dance. The contemporary dance wasn't even so, you know, it was the beginning of it. You know, it's been around for 40, 50 years max. Mm. So, you know, I, and then, so I, I, I remember seeing the Greek dances of Maurice Béjar, buying books, you know. Then I started really informing myself. And then eventually, you know, after working with a company in Spain, when I went to London to train, even within my years of training, I would always get my friends and make dances. So I always kept making... The whole thing about making a dance choreography, by then I probably knew the name, I always did it because I always loved doing it. Mm. I wasn't... But by then... I wanted to be a dancer. Like, it wasn't like I want... Now you have, you know, young dancers wanting to be choreographers, even before they've even danced, or they may be even not interested in dancing. You know, choreography, you can go to choreographic school. Just that didn't exist then. So for me, I went from making my dance to wanting to dance and wanting to be a dancer. And then... In school, I, I did, did little dance things for my assessments. Mm. And then I joined Rambe Dance Company, which was like, the, imagine, the Sydney Dance Company equivalent. There was this incredible opportunity to dance the work of great, you know, really um, amazing choreographers. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. This thing about, you know, these people are actually, you know, earning their living and coming to Rambert and having 16, no, 21 dancers and making a dance. And really, really quickly, like within the first two years of being in Rambert, there was something called the workshops, which is what we have as new breed. 
In Rambury, it was only given the opportunity to dancers within the company. We do it with independent choreographers also. So I remember saying to Christopher Bruce, who was the, the, the director, I want to make a dance. Like, I want to, you know, I want to be one of the ones making a dance. And he looked at me and went like, you know, you're like 21, you've just joined, you know? <laughs> and this is true, you know, like, it's the, like, and I remember going like, oh, I'm too young to dance, I'm too young to choreograph. Because <laughs> also, because I was a young dancer, you know, very young within the company, I, you know, I was being built into the company, you know, so I didn't get all the roles or, you know, it just was gently, so I was a bit like, oh. and I remember insisting, you know, and eventually Christopher Bruce has to me, okay, just make it, make a dance, you know, just, just do something. What was that first piece that you did? That, that first piece was called Three Gone, Four Left Standing. Okay. It was made through a period of months. So, so many months that actually three dancers had left the company, and that's why the title of the work was Three Gone, Four Left Standing. <laughs> I have to say, and this is, you know, a fact, uh, that that work, Three Gone, Four Left Standing, was performed at Sardis Wells. So I went from, I want to make a dance, because this is really cool, and I really think, you know, I, I really like it. I was going to say I really think I'm good at it, but actually, you know, like, if I look at it now, I just had this passion for it. You know, you yeah. talked about passion for dance, and I, and I also had this passion for making dance, and I obviously had the confidence in whatever way it came to me. And, you know, I was said, I was told, no, you're too young. Somehow I managed to get it, you know, to get the opportunity. And then Christopher Bruce says to me, I think I'm going to put your work inside as Wells. And I was like, what? Like, honestly, and I didn't even have any sort of special relationship in a way that, you know, I just really made this dance that, you know, I commissioned a piece of music. I commissioned a friend of mine who was a poet, who was one of the dancers, and was here on Wednesday in Melbourne, because she's Australian, you know, and we're talking like, I joined Rambo in 1990, so this is the early 90s. So she's an Australian that's followed my career from that first three gone for the standing that she was in it. She was a dancer in it, she wrote the poetry in it. So it was all like really like commissioning music, commissioning poetry, um, putting it on stage. And so my transition, in a way, was you know, wanting to do it, not being allowed to do it, then being allowed to do it, and then having to work at Sadler's Wells. That's how it happened to me. Were you a better choreographer than you were a dancer? Look, um, at the time I was a better dancer than I was a better choreographer, I'm sure. You know, that was the very beginning of my dancing career. I had a lot to learn as a dancer, no doubt. Um, and I then stayed for the company, you know, an extra 10 years. But what's interesting that I, I was a dancer, and I was a choreographer throughout my career, always parallel. Mm. My transition, the moment that I felt it was a big transition, was the moment where I actually gave up dancing. Because I was really enjoying my dancing. I was in my early 30s. Only then you really mature as a dancer. You know, however good you are, you know, you get better with time. You know, having been on stage, the experience, 
you know, the investment that you make on your body and, and, and your artistry, you know, being 22-year-old dance, dancer and being a 32-year-old dancer is a big thing. But the choreography thing, I was getting so many opportunities at the, my early 30s mm. to already choreograph, but I was also enjoying dancing immensely. And my real transition was actually to say, look, I have to stop dancing now. Mm. And the truth is that I stopped dancing at a point that I felt really at the height of it, you know, that I could have kept dancing. But in choreography, I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so when I actually gave up my dancing, feeling really good at it, I was actually not, you know, being the most, you know, I was, you know, people talk to me about the future, you know, like an upcoming talent and, you know, a, a, What's it called? Like, um, yeah, but not really. I wasn't, uh, you know. When you're a younger choreographer, I've read before that many choreographers say that their, their freest time is when they just start because they don't know the rules or they just kind of take more risks, maybe not even knowing that they're risks. Do you feel that? Like when you were younger, did you produce different kind of work? Than no, now? I think for me it was different. For me, when I was young, I thought it. I came from a... Re I was in Rambert, which was really, like, we were w dancing the work of Merce Cunningham. We were dancing the work... I mean, God, how can I speak? I, my dancing career was brought up in England, you know, in the UK, mm. which had a real sort of modern, like, American influence, not so European in a way. Although then when Christopher Bruce came, they, you know, I danced the work of Judy Killian or Nahadin, like, a lot of other more European choreographers. And at the very beginning, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And then at some point, I clicked, and I decided that I was going to just make the next piece and do whatever I really, 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 whatever felt right for me, and whatever, without... It's interesting, like, I was almost a little bit self-aware of I thought I had to be really modern or really these... I, I, I can't quite explain it, but for me, it was different. I was trying to be many things, and then I re at some point I realized that I could only be myself. What piece was the first piece that we, where you felt like that was you being... Myself. Yeah. It was a piece called Linear Remains. Yeah? And I had made, you know, three gone for left standing and another piece uh, called At Any Time and possibly other smaller works, you know, and then with um, Linear Remains, which was also performed at Sandler's Wells, um, I, I just really went for something else, which was a lot more technically demanding, more virtuosic. Because sometimes, actually, in contemporary dance, virtuosity and technique are fra fra frowned upon, mm. you know? The fact that you kick your legs, the fact that you do a pirouette, you know, it's like that's just not contemporary, really. That's actually, you know, really um, too technical or too... And I actually was a dancer that could do those things and that I enjoyed those things. And, that, and, I, and then I just embraced virtuosity and the dancer pushed physically mm. in a way that it's demanding to their capacity as artists and to their physicality and, you know, where I am right now. Yeah, which then it evolved. Your work but before, been... I was trying to just be something else that I wasn't, which is really understated. 
and really gentle and really just, um, yeah, something that wasn't me. When you choreographed for Kylie Minogue, um, for those tours, yeah. was that a very different approach? Um, because, I mean, anybody that's seen Kylie Minogue live, it's <laughs> such a spectacular of a show. She's hmm. a showgirl. Yeah, look, I, I really knew, I, I have to say, just because we've just spoken about Linear Remains, mm. that that was the work that they saw. Yeah. So at the point that I decided to just forget about all of the rules that I have put to myself, um, then I made Linear Remains, and you know that's the work that suddenly changed my life in a direction that I didn't expect, because suddenly I was choreographing pop concerts. But look, when I went into the Kylie Minogue world, I didn't have a clue about that world. And that is just the truth. Yeah. I just didn't, you know, like I went from really dedicating myself to being a dancer and wanting to be a choreographer within the contemporary dance world um, to suddenly being proposed to choreograph for a pop artist. It was something that at the time, right there and then in the UK and nowhere else that I knew any other choreographer was doing, contemporary dance maker, yeah. collaborating with pop artists. It has happened, you know, now, since, but not then. So for me, it was something that I didn't have any other choreographers to look up that they were doing that. But also for me, I wasn't, um, I didn't have my own dance company. I wasn't running Sydney Dance Company. I was just someone that wanted to choreograph. And when this opportunity came, and I met Kylie and I met her team, I had this absolute instinct that I had to do it, that I would enjoy it and that I would learn a lot. And I went for it with their trust on me and their belief on me as a choreographer, but me actually not knowing how I could actually choreograph a two-hour pop concert or even, you know, a pop video because I'd never done anything like that. So in a way, I think, you know, is that thing that not having references really helped you? because you can do your own thing. So that's what I did. I did my own thing. But what I really understood is that this was, they actually, what was interesting is that they said to me, look, we don't want this concert to be like any pop concert. The reason why we want you is because we want this concert, and then was the Fever 2, to be really like a contemporary, something a lot more contemporary, something where it's not just about topless you know, or worse, or, or not just about, because there were <laughs> topless guys, you know, uh, performing, you know, but we don't want the choreography to be the usual, you know, pop concert choreography with that language. We want it to be something a little bit more abstract, a little bit more, um, more like what you do. That's what they said to me. I said, okay, well, then I'll just do what I do. But, you know, you have an artist, you know, which is Kylie Minogue in this instance, that's, you know, um, the, the center of attention in many, many ways. Uh, you then have an, a team like William Baker and Alan McDonald who work collaboratively with Kylie and with me in terms of the themes, the, the different um, sections of the work. You know, so for me it was interesting actually to enter, okay, this is the, the night clubbing section and this is the more... Um, futuristic section and this is a more um, so-and-so section so the, it was all and, and for me it was about bringing my craft my knowledge as a choreographer at the time to fulfill what is essentially a very collaborative 
project, yeah. a, a very collaborative uh, environment, to make, you know, uh, the work of these artists, Kylie, you know, um, just shine and just uh, be, you know, magic. In terms of um, coming from being a choreographer to an artistic director, yeah. As an artistic director, you're you're thinking big picture as well as little picture. Yeah. How how was that transition coming from Australia? I know you had your own company, yeah. but heading up a company that already had an image, already had a name, already had audience expectations, and was already embedded in kind of the fabric of Sydney. Hmm. What was that like as a process? Well, the wish at the time was to really start a new chapter. So I was very lucky, as you just said, to inherit a company that had a very, very rich history. But it was also at the same time a company that really wanted to transition into something that is now very, very different. So in a way that was good for me, because I wasn't um, asked to keep you know, the same image or the same anything. It was like, look, this is a company that's, you know, very, very loved and very, very well respected and that has this, you know, a heritage. But also we now feel like the company needs to shift. So, in fact, you know, the, the truth is when I did my interview, I proposed to, you know, my, to the board and the panel that this company should be a repertory company, that this company should not have just my work, that this company should be giving Australians the opportunity to see the work of the greatest choreographers alive, that we should be commissioning new work, that this work should not just be narrative, that this work should be what contemporary is right now. And I was never asked to deliver this, you know? So what we're doing now, what Cine Dance Company is performing now, it's something that I came up, because I learned a long time ago that I could only be the best at being me and offering what I think I'm good at and what I have actually learned in my experience. Mm. So I came from a company um, that was a repertory company. I came from a company where dancers were able to learn and enrich themselves like I did by the work of different choreographers. I know what that gave to audiences, mm. you know, so... For me, I went to that, you know, to that interview, knowing that if I was given this opportunity, it would be an amazing um, opportunity for me to grow as a choreographer, but also to shape um, really um, to shape um, or to give a, 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 an insight and a vision and to move people through contemporary dance and the many things that it can be mm. beyond my own work. Yeah. Um, so, in a way, for me, it was easy because I was never asked, this is what we want the company to be. Yeah. I came into a room and I proposed, I think this is what Sydney Dance Company should be. And, of course, I really, truly understand that, you know, this is not my company. This is not Rafael Bonacella's company in any way. I'm employed to do the best job I can do mm. for what is already a great company. But, in a way, you know, it was... Um, I'm going to say easy, and this job is not easy in any way, <laughs> you know, but, it, but it, I'm allowed to be who I am and to make choices that I believe in. And that's the only way that I could be doing this job because I can defend everything with my teeth yeah. every minute and every choice that I make. But some choreographers don't make great artistic directors. Uh, and yeah. so clearly you've made that 
shift as a leader, both in the rehearsal room to a leader of a company. And look, that's just um, like, I mean, I was happy creating my own work with my own company, you know, and when this opportunity came up, um, I thought it, it would be just, you know, an amazing opportunity. And I think the, the skills um, of being in the studio, making work to the skills of running a company are very, very different. And for whatever reason, you know, I happen to really, really enjoy to be able to be doing both things. Um, I think I thrive on the pressure that there is every day and every week, because it isn't an easy job. But at the same time, all of the challenges that running a company that, you know, at the very beginning, even of, you know, I, I learned a little bit of the, I learned a little bit with my own company, but that was never, it was never going to prepare me for the immensity of a company like Sydney Dance Company. But I remember that um, my first, you know, five-year plan that I had to do for my own dance, small Bonacci Dance Company, and I was with my executive director at the time, and I was like, what do you mean? What do I want to be in five years? I don't even know what I want to be doing now. But it was like, no, 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 this is just a guessing game. You know, you just have to guess. And, and what are your dreams? And I realized that I spent my whole time dreaming since I was, you know, eight year old. And I realized that something called dance could become a profession. So it was, it's just about keep, you know, to keep dreaming, to keep having a vision. And so I remember, the, so when I came to Sydney Dance Company, and I have to think in five years in advance, it wasn't so much like it was the first time. In Bonacella Dance Company, I also had a board of directors. I, I remember my first ever board meeting. I was like, what am I meant to be doing in this board meeting? But, you know, it was a small company and I had the people there supporting me. So when I came to Sydney Dance Company and I had my first board meeting, it wasn't the first time. So there was things that I had been, you know, I, I made my first poster with my friend. <laughs> you know, I get, you know, I put flyers on, like I, I knew that there was something, you know, the marketing, but also, I have to say that I spent 14 years in my career as a dancer and then as a resident choreographer, an associate choreographer of Rambe Dance Company in a company that was also like Sydney Dance Company. So because as a person I was interested in other things that were not just dancing and choreography, but I was always interested in the visual identity of, of the company, in what those things bring. So I learned a lot. I was always learning and always observing how, you know, Rambert did that. So when I came to Sydney Dance Company, I had been a dancer in a company that had toured the world, that had toured um, England extensively, that did regional tours. So I always, I learned a lot. What makes an effective dance leader? What makes somebody effective as a leader? Because clearly, I mean, I don't know. it's working for you. I don't know. I, I, like, I, I never really look up, you know, I, what makes an effective life, I, I just work bloody hard, you know. You know, that, sorry. No. <laughs> but, no, I mean, you're, in a way, I don't really analyze myself. Like, I, I think, all I know is that often I think about what this world requires and the and energy Energy is, is a word that comes to my mind a lot because I always think while I have the energy, you know, to go into the studio 
and create from you know 11 until 6 and then have a quick shower and go to a dinner when I'm meant to, where I'm meant to raise you know over two hundred thousand dollars and that's expected so that we can keep creating work for the next you know and I'm a, and I'm able to really articulate what I'm passionate about and and then I'm able to you know eat my lunch while I'm having you know six people coming one after the other with requests about every aspect of the company whilst I have that amount of energy which at the moment I do and I really enjoy it because you know for me it's about being in a theater on stage giving people the experience that we do so for me all of the elements that I'm talking about that I re required from me pays off yeah in every way you know but having energy having vision um, treating people with respect you know making people really um, understand what what we're all doing here and I work very collaboratively with everybody you know with the dancers with um, with the admin team, you know, with my executive director, with Anton, um, I am not doing this job by myself. I am doing this job with the support of a lot of people. That is my board mm. that's really supporting Sydney Dance Company in every aspect. But at the same time, I guess they, they also really believe in my artistic proposition, you know? So I try to make the best artistic job that I can do, then and have the best ideas that I can have. I really listen to people, you know? Um, I don't always have the best idea. Sometimes other people working with me will come up with excellent suggestions that I'm like, hey, yes, let's do it, yeah. you know? And I don't, that doesn't scare me. I don't know, I don't believe I know everything either. Mm. So I'm someone that's really, I always say to my dancers and to everyone that works with me, my door is open and at any point, I am not scared of conflict either, you know, and I've learned along the way. So I don't know if what I'm telling you, I'm trying to describe the way that I work. Yes, you know, it's but not an easy thing to do to kind of reflect back on exactly. what is what I, we I'm do in every this day. whirlwind, you know, yeah. and I'm going with it. And um, I really care about it, actually. I really care about the fact that we're being supported and that we have a great responsibility in this country and worldwide also to keep, you know, um, inspiring people through dance and through culture and through the arts and we're in a very very privileged position and I do there is not one day that I do not that I'm not aware of that mm. and that I do not value that and that I do not do everything I can do you know I, I don't I'm here now and you know I'm living the moment and I just you know want to make sure that this company lives for another 50 years mm. you know if not longer in terms of that privileged position, I mean, recently there's been huge funding, yeah. funding cuts and transferring of funds, particularly in the medium and independent sector. Yeah. How does Sydney Dance Company, which is its funding is secured, does it have a role in the bigger sector, in terms of the bigger dance sector or the bigger dance? I mean, we our interaction with the small to medium it's huge, at every level. So any cuts that are taken away from small to media really affect us in every way because we have collaborated with and commissioned and put the work on stage of a lot of Australian choreographers that come from there, mm. you know, and the, the, the list is endless. You know, we have our new breed season, which now is happening three years 
um, in, in a row. It's been happening. But before that, we've done it about four or five times also. Where that's where I draw from. I mean, I'm, I go to see the, you know, the, the work of independent choreographers so that I'm able to find talent that I can um, su support and that I can uh, commission and that I can you know, expose as, as, as much as I can. Um, the work of an independent choreographer, Gabrielle Nankabil, was created through New Breed after I had seen the solos that she had done with money from Project Based um, from the Arts Council. And then now the work is being put in our main season uh, in Sydney next October and subsequently we'll go on an international tour. You know, so for me, it's like, you know, because with Sydney Dance Company, we only have so much, you know, we have funding, but if you look at what we get from the government and what we actually function in, mm. you'd be really surprised. Oh, absolutely. You know, people think that we've just been funded in a way that we can just function. You know, I, you know, we, we need to, you know, like, huge pressure on selling tickets, free special on philanthropy, on, on, on actually generating the rest of the amount of money. So, you know, the, the new breed um, season, season, it's supported by the Neil, Neil, uh, Neil Balnais Foundation, the Balnais Foundation, who I went to and I said, look, you know, there is a lot of great Australian um, choreographers that don't get enough support and that we should be supporting. Would you do it? And mm. he's done it. So, you know, I'll do anything in my capacity and in my role to be able to keep interacting with the medium to small um, companies mm. to be able to, you know, we facilitate a studio space to many of these companies yeah. because, and that, because they should be able to keep making work and to keep growing as artists. And that's not even without going into the dancers. You know, some dancers come straight to Sydney Dance Company, but that's quite rare. A lot of the dancers have danced with other companies before they come to us. So, bigger than this, what type of leadership does the arts sector need in terms of pitching to government or pitching to society about the importance of I mean, this I just, type of support and like, funding? You know, the fact that money is being taken away from the arts, just I just do not comprehend how that cannot be understood, how the value of culture and the arts to us, the community and human beings, isn't understood right at the top. You know, the people that make the decisions in terms of politicians at the end of the day, you know, so unless that chip changes, you know, and people are elected, mm. that we really, truly, absolutely value what we do, then things won't change. Mm. You know, and we can keep advocating and we can keep doing what we do in the best way that we do it. But there is people in power that can make those sorts of decisions that can change things within a day. Yeah. You know, and that's about us, you know, voting. Well, I don't vote in this country, but, you know, electing people yeah. that, you know, really, truly value that and understand that and asking questions and really making them understand and really making them um, experience it also. Um. You know, you're not a citizen in Australia. You're. I am yeah. on my way, though. Are you? Yeah, I'm. I've I've lodged it, so I, I just now need to, you know, uh, do my exam, and hopefully I will be very soon this year. So, will your future be in Australia? It is right now, and in any way, I'm not. Like, I'm very much. I mean, you cannot leave the future. You can. <laughs> I mean, we can only leave the present. Yeah, but. 
to the question of, like, am I thinking about where will... Uh, it's interesting, I was back in London two months ago, and everybody was like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, I'm not even thinking about coming back. You know, like right now, I'm super happy doing what I'm doing right here, right now, in Australia. But even to the point that I may not be directing Sydney Dance Company in a few years, and here, Australia still feels like home. Yeah. You know, so I'm not like thinking, okay, well, look, I'm doing this job, and you know, when it's done, I'll move on or something. Like I'm here, I'm just here right now. This is where my, you know, destiny, you yeah. know, where my future has taken me. I, I I ended up in London going to a school that I took as an opportunity, and I spent 20 years there. I never thought I would be living in Australia, <laughs> um, and my destiny and an amazing opportunity took me here. And now I feel nothing but really at home and enjoying what I do, but also um, the people that I have met, the friendships that I have uh, developed. And um, I feel like really happy. And at the end of the day, that's what we have to be as humans. In terms of your five-year strategy, not necessarily your personal one, but what do you want or imagine the dance seen in Australia could be or should be into the future? Like, what your optimal kind of vision, I guess? Well, for us, there's been a huge investment in, in education. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, and that's something that I think is where it all lies at, if every young child in Australia has an opportunity to experience contemporary dance, yeah, at least once, yeah. if not twice, within all of those years that we spend in school being educated, you know, into this world. I think that will have a huge impact in the future of the audiences. And, you know, um, in the last, you know, four years, maybe more, uh, I mean, our education department in, in, at Sydney Dance Company has been established in my time with the company. That was one of the things that I wanted from the very beginning that I really um, was passionate about and insisted upon on my board, you know, to support and to um, start building this, which is now growing and growing and growing to the point that we have a full-time full -time year, pre-professional year, where 25 incredibly talented Australian um, young 18-year-old, 19, 20, 21 dancers spent a year intensively working with dance professionals at Sydney Dance Company. We're in our third year. We've just started a youth um, program where young from, you know, very, very young to 15 mm. can come and experience what creativity and contemporary dance is. This has just started now, yeah? We are having full houses at Sydney Dance Company um, performances matinees of primary school matinees. I'm, I'm talking that there is not even one seat left. That's how, and these kids, eight-year-olds, get the show that you got. So this is not like some, you know, watered-down version of what contemporary dance can be or it is. This is the real thing. And it's incredible and beyond the responses to the works. And, you know, we ask them to, you know, give us feedback and we also do um, introduction to, you know, what a contemporary dance class and 
what, so what I'm seeing in the, in the future is that all of this work that we're doing, you know, with all of these young people that have never experienced contemporary dance, and this big, this big gap that has been for, you know, however many years, that, that, that you know, that we don't have to be, um, keep convincing people anymore, you yeah. know, that this is such a great art form that can really transform you, move you, and inspire you, but that this is something that people can just, you know, um, feel they're part of it. You know, I think dance movement is something so, so primal, you know, and it's something that so many people could get so much more out of it. So for me, I guess it's about this whole thing. We're great, we, you know, we're creating great work. We will keep raising that bar at Sydney Dance Company, and we will keep, in every way we can, making the work of the, the, the most ambitious, ambitious, yeah. you know, yeah. work and of high quality. That's just a, a basic thing for, like, that's just what the, the everyday thing. But what, what I want is that more and more people are able to enjoy that. Mm. You know, that's really where I'm at for me, and that's really where our vision is at. Like, how many more people here in Australia and the rest of the world, you know, who is really, really appreciating the work of Sydney Dance Company everywhere we go. Mm. You know, we, I'm very proud when we go to, you know, we've been to Switzerland, Germany, uh, Brazil, and Santiago this year already, you know, on a five or six week tour, where audiences were just blown away by, by the, the dancers and the, the works that we're presenting. And um, that feels great. And, mm. you know, it's all about being on stage and performing. Lastly, um, I know that in your office you have a wall where you put stuff that inspires you or things that you're thinking of. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What's on the wall at the moment? Oh, God, let me think, because I haven't been there for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to put on the wall? It's not no, there. on the wall, actually, there's everything, um, all of the notes that there was for Lux Stenebris, for Lux Stenebris, sorry. You see, I'm becoming so Australian now that I'm saying Lux instead of Lux. <laughs> Looks tenebris. Um, all of the drawings, actually, of the map of the lighting of the floor, um, it's still there, and all of the references in terms of the feel for the work. So the truth, but you know, um, I because I've been on the road, my um, my board, it's been on my computer. So you know, um, and I'm the next work I'm creating is called Anima. Anima, which means soul, breath, air, and um, at the moment I'm not a, like I'm, I'm ha with Anima. Actually, we're having some research and development next week with a filmmaker. I'm working with an Australian filmmaker, so there will be an, a film element to it, and that will really be the the the, the, the sort of strongest and most um, what will give the visual identity to the work. So interestingly, I've not been searching for so much yeah. in terms of anima because it's, it's all going to be done live next week in the studio. So we will be getting these cameras, and I don't want to, you know, I mean... You don't want to give it I don't away. Know. Yeah, you don't exactly. want to give the secrets No away. one even knows the title. You just, there's a press release, so don't, <laughs> don't rush. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, anima, it's, the press release will come out next week because I didn't have a title because it took me a while to actually find the thing. So I've got two works going at the moment. One that's Anima, um, and then another one, my first work for next year, which of course doesn't have a title, 
and um, but then I'm starting to shape up, you know, ideas and thoughts and um, concepts that could really trigger it and make it happen. Very fun. Thank you so much. No, my pleasure. That was brilliant. If you'd like to find out more about Raphael Bonicella or Sydney Dance Company, you'll find a set of links and episode notes at delvingintodance.com. You can also listen to past episodes with the likes of Deborah Jowett, Stephanie Lake, as well as others. You can follow Delving Into Dance on Twitter at Delving Dance. You can subscribe on iTunes and all the main podcast platforms. Stay tuned for more episodes, including with Gideon Obazanik. Until next time, thank you for listening and take care.